looking to sound like you know what's going on in the world? Pop culture, social strategy, comedy, and other funny stuff? Well, join the club and settle in for the Jeff Dwoskin Show. It's not the podcast we deserve, but the podcast we all need with your host, Jeff Dwoskin. All right, Tim. Thank you so much for that amazing introduction to get the show going each and every week. And this week was no exception. Welcome, everybody, to episode 94 of Live from Detroit, the Jeff Dewaskin Show. As always, I am your host, Jeff Dewaskin. Great to have you back for another amazing episode. This one, we're dialing up the hilarity with our special guest, comedian Rocky Laporte. That's right, Rocky Laporte. You loved him on Last Comic Standing, on his many appearances on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, one of the funniest human beings in the world. I had the pleasure of working with him way back, and I was excited when he found time to swing by the show and hang with me for a little bit. I'm excited to share our hilarious conversation with you, and that's coming up in just a few minutes. I'm still knee-deep in fan letters from episode 92. Scott Dickers was here, one of the founding editors of The Onion, shared so many great stories. What? The Onion? That's right. If you missed it, after you listen to Rocky Laporte today, swing back and catch that. As a matter of fact, there's like a million billion episodes waiting for you. Go to jeffisfunny.com. You can check them all out. Make sure you're subscribed on one of the podcast apps and you get alerted. Every time one of the episodes is released on Monday or when one of the bonus episodes are released on Thursdays. You want to be in the know? Subscribe, follow, like. It's totally free. You pick your favorite app. Good Pods, Apple, Spotify, iHeart. Whatever it is, you do you, boo. But it's never miss an episode. I'm going to make buttons that say that. And now it's time for the social media tip. All right, this is the part of the show where I get to share a little bit of my social media knowledge with you. A little 411 I picked up on the street. I've been in the social media game for most of my career, and I believe rising the tide helps us all become better on the socials. My tip for you today is make buttons for everything you do. I kid, I kid. My actual tip today is for iOS users. There's this new feature with the new iOS where if you're pasting, you can actually scan text with your camera and it'll pop it into your tweet or Facebook post or email, whatever you're using. You hold down your thumb like you're trying to paste something in, a little scan icon comes up, activates your camera on the bottom of your phone, point it at text, and then you click insert when it has the text you want, and it'll put that right into your document. It's not good for handwritten stuff, it has to be like typed, but could be handy. I'm not sure. Check it out. Let me know. Tweet at me at Jeff Dewaskin Show and let me know if you found a good way to use it. In the meantime, have fun exploring. And that's the social media tip. I do want to thank everyone in advance for their support of the sponsors. When you support the sponsors, you're supporting us here at Live from Detroit, the Jeff Dewaskin Show. And that's how we keep the lights on. Today's interview sponsor is the Kitchen Network Can Opener. Tired of not eating because all your food came in a can? Tired of ruining your countertops trying to open cans by smashing them into the edge? Ugh, there has to be a better way. Well, now there is. The Kitchen Network Can Opener can safely open any can in under 90 to 120 seconds. Just attach the Kitchen Network can opener to your small, medium, or large can, and in 30 to 40 turns of our magic handle, the top will be removed and you'll be ready to eat like a king who used to be a king. Mmm, peas. The Kitchen Network can opener. 
because you deserve to eat too. All right, well, check out the Kitchen Network can opener. They are really awesome. I bought everyone one for the holidays. I got lots of interesting looks, so I know they loved them a lot. Anyway, I think it's time for me to share my conversation with Rocky Laporte with you. Rocky is one of the funniest comedians in the world. I was a huge fan of Rocky, and then I got to work with Rocky Laporte. And while I was doing my set, I could hear Rocky laughing at my jokes while I was on stage. Let me tell you, there's no greater joy or sense of just accomplishment when you hear someone who you admire laughing when you're doing something that you admire them for so much. It was great to catch up with Rocky. He shares a lot of great stories. You're going to love it. Enjoy. All right. I'm excited to introduce everyone. <laughs> Stop it. Excited to introduce everyone to my next guest. Oh my God. He's open for Gary Shandling, Tim Allen. He was on Last Comic Standing, one of the funniest comedians around. Ladies and gentlemen, Rocky Laporte. How are you, Rocky? I'm doing good, buddy. It was good seeing you in Detroit last time. Yeah, for sure. That's where we met, right? At Ridley's, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Good times in Detroit. So what do you, what do you think of all this? What do you, what's the future of comedy here, buddy? Podcast. Is, is, that, is, is us talking in our bedrooms. <laughs> everyone just is like, are you famous? Yes. Oh, so you've been on the Jeff DeWaskin show? Yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> so, Rocky, you've done a million things. I'm most interested in kind of just going diving directly into the CBS pilot you did, the Rocky Laporte show. How did that come about and what happened? What happened to Iraqi? Well, my managers had people from the networks come out to see. I had great managers, Messina Baker. They had Tim Allen, Drew Carey. You know, Tim's a Detroit guy. Mm -hmm. I had the worst luck, brother. My first pilot that I had, the writers went on strike. And then the second development deal I had, the actors went on strike. (laughs) So, uh... (laughs) So the networks just said, you know what? We're going to put on some show where people get, you know, they eat coconuts and get voted off an island. And that'll only cost us like a fourth of what we're paying, you know, these sitcom guys. And that's how reality TV came about. Uh, That was the network's way of kicking back of going, hey, you know what? We're not paying a million dollars an episode for friends anymore. We're going to get these, you know, knuckleheads that'll you know, swim with sharks and give them $30 an episode. So yeah, that's kind of what happened. Ah, it's such a, what was this, what was the show about? And what, and what was like the process? Did you have to write it? The only frame of reference I have is, is the Seinfeld show where they got the sitcom. <laughs> no, they, I wish they would have, you know, I didn't like that. My name was even on there. They were calling it the Rocky Laporte show. And this show was actually written for another guy. He was a Canadian comic, but they found out that it wasn't a good fit and he couldn't act. So they just changed it. They go, oh, we just, let's just get an Italian guy. I go, listen, if you want to get an Italian guy, like, like get Tony Danza or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mind syncing with an idea if it's mine. Like if, if I think something's funny and I go down in flames, I'm okay with that. But to have someone else's words that they think is funny in your mouth and then you sync with it like that stink is on you you know what i mean they go oh we gave rocky a show and he i thought 
and they wouldn't give me a lot of leeway. I kept trying to I go, hey, wouldn't it be funnier if we did this or we did that? Showrunner goes, no, no, let's just do, uh, let's just shoot it this way and we'll reshoot it that way later on. But they never did because uh, they were, he was shooting another show with that guy from Two and a Half Men, not Charlie Sheen, the other guy, John Cryer. John Cryer, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So that network had a commitment for 13 episodes. So that was his baby. So he was trying to run over there every day and take care of that. Where mine, it I felt like he just wanted to get it shot. Like, let's just get this done and move on. And it, I think it could have been a lot funnier if they would have let me be me. Like, that's the thing I don't get about Hollywood. Like, they see you on stage and they go, oh, that Jeff's hysterical. Let's hire him. And then, uh, like, what did you do for a living before you got into comedy? Social media, digital. Oh, did you really? Okay. So that's what that's what you do. That's what you know, right? Right. So they're going to take you and they go, hey, Jeff, we're going to have you work on rocket engines. And uh, you're going to be, it's like, I don't know nothing about rocket engines. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you're going to have a wife and a dog and uh, nine kids you adopted. Like, they, if they let you be, like, they let Tim Allen be Tim Allen. They let Ellen DeGeneres be Ellen and Roseanne and Seinfeld, all those sitcoms were successful because they let those comics be who they were, you know? Right. Uh, so that's unfortunate because because you're hilarious and that would have that would have been great to have an actual, well, okay, now I've seen the pilot on, on YouTube. Now that you've told me it isn't you, I don't... <laughs> I hate it every minute of it. It's a shame that they would have such a talent and then not be able to do it, but it's, they're just trying to crank it out. It sounds like they were just trying to... The guy had other priorities. Yep. But that other show, since it wasn't Two and a Half Men, must have gone nowhere too, right? Yeah, nothing got aired that year because of the strike. Like everything just kind of fizzled, you know? Hmm. That's my luck. Yeah. When, and then the second time I had a deal with Disney ABC and I came up with this great idea. And they had these two young girls. They were kind of like the gatekeepers, you know? I go, it's kind of like an adult version of Welcome Back, Cotter. And they stared at me. They didn't know what Welcome Back, Cotter was. Like, and it was on their network. Like, you think if you're, like, this is your business, like, you would kind of know a little bit about the history of it. They had no idea what I was talking about. So it was like, oh, my God. Like, what do you, what do you do with this? Where do you go, you know? Tim Allen's had two shows. He couldn't convince them to give you one more shot at a show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so weird. Tim wanted me to come out there and do some stuff. But at that point, I was already in L.A. for 14 years. And I, got, I just kind of got burned out on the whole process. And I moved back to Chicago. I just go, you know what, man? I'm done for now. You know, I'll just do a podcast out of my bedroom. <laughs> I hear it's all the rage. <laughs> Mine's out of my basement, but whatever, you know, same idea. Same nice. Idea, Look you at know. you. You have more room. Look at you. Got a bigger studio. <laughs> oh, man. So is there any chance there ever being a, a proper Rocky Laporte show or is it kind of like? Hmm. Well, you know, it seems now like a lot of people are moving out of L.A. and you can kind of film. A lot of people are doing their own little things and then they'll see them on Netflix or whatever. And then, I mean, there's always a chance of something happening, you know, and 
I would like it to be. I, I'm, I was even thinking of maybe shooting a short movie or an idea and pitching it that way, you know? So we'll see. I guess you just keep punching, you know, buddy. Yeah, you got to just keep going. This is going to happen for you. Yeah. I will not I will not rest until Rocky Laporte has a show. Well, yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that. That's the same feeling I have about the Bears. I keep thinking every year they're going to be good, and then I just get disappointed. <laughs> we have the Lions. It's all right. <laughs> it's <the> <laughs> oh, my God. So, all right, so... Talk to me about your friendship with Tim Allen, because you've also done two movies with Tim Allen. Tim's a nice guy. I was doing Last Comic Standing. He, I guess he was at home watching it on television, and he saw me, and he really liked me. He was, this guy's funny. So he got a hold of uh, Rick Messina at the time, and he asked me to do a, uh, like a, a fundraiser, like a benefit for this Boys and Girls Club out there in Los Angeles. I go, yeah, I'll do it. I did it. And then he goes, hey, call my agent on uh, Monday. We're going to try and get you a part in this movie, you know. So uh, he's he's been good to me. Tim's been kind to me, you know. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's a good I've met him once at the Comedy Castle. Because he, he, he's from here. He's from the Detroit area. Yeah, yeah. And then I did a show with him once. We did a Dick Purton fundraiser. Oh, I did that. That's uh, Dick's a great guy, ain't he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Dick Burton's amazing. And uh, the so we we do the show. I meet him beforehand, and I, I remember thinking to myself, "Oh, I didn't even." I was asking him about Galaxy Quest or something like that, and then I'm like, "Oh, I totally forgot. I was talking to Buzz Lightyear. I was freaking talking to Buzz Lightyear, <laughs> and it didn't even occur to me. It was I was so caught up in like Galaxy Quest and, and Santa Claus. Yeah, and too. Santa Claus, right?" <laughs> I'm Jewish. That one, that one wasn't as close. To my heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. There was a couple scenes we had in a movie. They, they always seen. I don't know who edits these things, but there was a funny scene in a movie. They cut out like a lot of your lines, you know, like that are hysterical. And I don't know. I was telling Tim, I go, I go, I want to fire my agent, but he won't take my calls. And uh, <laughs> and I go, that's a funny line. That's a showbiz line. People in showbiz would have got it, but, you know, but they took it out. Which one was that? The uh... That was uh, Crazy on the Outside, yeah. That's, did Tim write and direct that one? That's with Sigourney Weaver, too, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And then you were also in The Shaggy Dog. You were The Shaggy Dog? No, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, I was the dog. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. In the first one, I played a canine cop, and in the second one, I was a criminal. Like, me and Tim were... Uh, you want, to, you want to hear something funny? I showed up for, uh, you know, like it was a rehearsal audition or whatever. So Tim, he goes, you know, a lot of guys, when they get out of jail, they don't have anything. You know, they don't have like a comb or nothing to wear. He goes, so Goodwill will donate some clothes for them when they get released. So uh, I go to wardrobe and the lady, she goes, she goes, oh, she goes, who dressed you? I'm like, these are my clothes. <laughs> so that's good to know. I walk around dressed like a guy that just got out of prison, <laughs> you know? Rocky's got that goodwill look going. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so funny? Uh, you know Mike Green? Yeah, yeah, I love Mike Green. Yeah, good dude. I was at his club, and that's what we are talking about. And he was saying that, I go, Mike, I go, I've been on the road almost 33 years, and so much has happened to us that don't happen to, you know, like the everyday people. 
And he said, yeah, he goes, you know, every time we start talking about it, he says, everybody gets quiet, like the staff and the customers, like everyone wants to hear these stories of things we did. And I think us and musicians are only people that get to do stuff like that. Absolutely. Well, share, share a couple of those stories. Let's hear some. I did a lot of, I got to meet the Rolling. I just told him I got to meet the, when I got to meet the Rolling Stones and Brett Favre, you know, from the Packers. A couple of years ago when the Cubs, they beat the Indians in the World Series, that was in October, literally like two months later, Cleveland Indians front office hired me to do their Christmas party. So when a guy introduces me, he goes, this next guy's from Chicago. I had 400 people booing me all the way to the stage. They're like booing the whole time. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm a White Sox fan, you idiots. I was rooting for you guys, you know? But it's just stuff like that, you know? I mean, how often do you get to meet the Stones or hang out with the Green Bay Packers or just do the Tonight Show or just... I met a lot of great people and I've become friends with them. And Lyle Zado, you know, he used to play... He played for the Browns for a while and the Raiders. Him and I became friends and he was just like a, a sweet man, you know? And it's just like, it's just amazing the things you get to do, you know, with this job. That's awesome. T- t- tell me about the, the Tonight Show experience. Like, what's it like getting, oh. finding out you're going to be on it? What's it like preparing for that set and then just being up there? Well, they make the Comedy Magic Club in Hermosa Beach. They literally make you run your set there every night for about two weeks, like just to make sure it's timed right. They want you right at about five minutes, you know, like on and off. That's including laughs. And they say that that audience is the closest to a TV audience. They're pretty good. So, you know, you rehearse it for two weeks and then they give you cue cards anyway, in case you like get stunned and you forget everything. You could still read them off the cue cards, you know. But the first time I was on all my friends, like in Pittsburgh and New York and San Francisco, they all had like viewing parties. I got bumped. So So the second time I get on, I got bumped again. So the third time, I didn't even tell nobody. I go, I'm going to wait till we shoot this. And then, because they shoot it about five in the afternoon and then it airs that night. So the third time, I just waited till I shot it. Man, I got to tell you, Jeff, it's like, it's like being in a car crash. Like it, it happens so fast and then you remember things later and uh i just remember when i i saw the tape about a minute in about a minute into my set i actually saw myself breathe like i went and my shoulders went down and i remember thinking in my head i go i'm on a tonight show and i'm doing really good so then you relax and then you just bring it home so then afterwards, Jay calls me over to the desk. I walk over, he shakes my hand, and he goes, turn around, you're getting a standing ovation. And I'm like, man, it was just it was just on cloud nine there for a while, you know? It's incredible. Yeah, and then they, they pick you up in a limo, and it's all like, you know, first-class stuff. Well, the very next week, I had a gig booked. You know, some of our stuff's booked for months out, you know? I had a gig booked up in the mountains in Pennsylvania. It was at a fire hall, and it was somebody's, like, 50th anniversary. So all these people were in their 70s. I'm up there, 
you know, people are walking up behind me getting food. Like there's like a big table and they're eating in the middle of my act. And I got there. I didn't know the gig was in the day and I got there late. And I'm there in sweatpants and a ball cap. And the lady goes, come on, we got to go. They're, they're waiting for you now. They're all old people. So I'm in some lady's basement in Pittsburgh and I'm washing my head and she's ironing my shirt. And I'm thinking, I was on a Tonight Show last week in a limo. Now I'm in some basement in Pittsburgh getting my head washed to go do a fire hall, you know? I'm like, hey, welcome to showbiz. And for those who uh, aren't comedians that are listening, that's comedy in a nutshell for you. (laughs) (laughs) It is a roller coaster ride. You know, one minute you're doing the biggest thing ever, and the next minute you're playing Rita's Basement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember one time it was in San Diego. They used to have an improv down there. This morning, you know, those shock jocks, those nitwits, they go, Hey, we're going to do a, it was a Saturday morning. It was a five o'clock in the morning breakfast show. And we just got done working like at midnight for Friday. So all these people that came on Saturday morning, they were pretty much out since Friday night. They were all drunk. So they were having a food drive. Anybody that brought canned goods for the homeless, they got in free. There's all drunk people and homeless people there. And they had all these cans, but at the time, they didn't have can openers. Do you remember when cans were sealed? Yes. <laughs> so all these homeless people, this guy goes, not only am I homeless, I can't open my beans. They're trying to break them on curb. Nobody had can openers. I'm like, now we have to have a can opener drive. And I really think after that, like, I think that's when they started making flip tops. I think that was for maybe homeless people and housewives. Like, if you don't have a can opener, they started putting flip tops on cans you know you try to do something nice it turns into a disaster can opener drive i I just i needed to repeat that because that was (laughs) that was possible that's what we needed really really funny yeah oh my god yeah the worst was like trying to open tuna fish with a can opener like and then you have open it's it's spilling out everywhere you know can't the the pull tops it's ingenious ingenious yeah, whoever thought of that must have been at my gig. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he must have been at that gig in San Diego. Too funny. Okay, so you got discovered by Tim Allen participating on Last Comic Standing. This is a 2014 season eight, I believe. Yeah, that sounded about right. Yeah. So did you have to kind of audition or were you kind of picked for that? I. <laughs> You know, to be be one of the contestants. Well, you know what happened? For Last Comic Standing, season one, that fan won. Do you remember that? Absolutely. Yeah, and I like that, but the whole comedy community goes, that's our best comic in the United States. You know what I mean? Like, he was crying on TV, you know, and I, you know, and then everybody voted for him. So season two, I got into it. I remember I was in it with Kathleen Madigan and Tammy Pescatelli. They had one spot left. They were picking 10 people, and they already had nine, and it was down to one more spot. I lost to a stripper. They picked a stripper. She didn't even, I don't mind losing to a good comic, you know, but a chick that dances on a pole, like, come on. So they picked her, and then the next year, they called my uh, managers, and they go, you know, we know Rocky got screwed last year, and blah, 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 and uh But the good thing was I got the Tonight Show out of that. The guys that booked the Tonight Show were in the audience. So I got the Tonight Show out of that. So 
It seems like every time a door closes, another one opens. They go, yeah, Rocky got screwed last year. Have him come back next year. So I went back the third year, and then it, it was the same thing. There was one slot left. I lost to a guy. Do you remember this? He's, he was he was a, dressed up as a gorilla eating a banana and dancing. It's like I'm not even losing the normal people here. You know what I mean? I'm losing the strippers <laughs> and gorillas. That's like, are you kidding me? So after that, I didn't want nothing to do with it. I go, this it's not about comedy. They just want they want the hot chick and you know, they're putting people in houses. Remember yep. with Todd Glass and they want attention. They were making it a reality show. And I go, ah, this ain't fun. So I just skipped it. And then season eight, uh, Wanda Sykes came on and they're the, they called me. They go, no, it's going to be more of a level playing field and it's going to be, you know, and then I found out that wasn't true either. But that's the business we're in, right? Like you just, you got to keep swinging, right? For defenses. Yeah, I remember I auditioned for season, was well, it season that John Heffron, I think, or that was Kathleen oh, Madigan yeah. and John Heffron, or I think we're in that season. So probably season two. And Mark Ridley had known someone, so I was supposed to fly down with a, uh, with a buddy of mine, Jay Chris, and he missed the plane. So I'm down there by myself, and I don't have the names, and nobody has cell This is before cell phones. So, oh. so but like a few hours later, he showed up, and we walked in, and we did our little audition. He got kind of picked for the late show, <laughs> you know, the, re- the next one, and I got picked to do um, nothing, actually. I got picked to do nothing. And I think this was, I think Jim Norton was there. I think this was the year Jim Norton got it. And there was another guy there, Buck Starr. Okay, and Buck Starr sounds like a male stripper. Well, this guy Buck Starr apparently worked for the show, and I'm watching it. This is when I realized, like, it was all the reality TV is how how manipulated it is. And so I'm watching him, and he got picked to go to like the Late Show, right? And apparently, what I don't know right now, oh, and he's on the phone with his dad. And then the producer gets on the phone because they're trying to get his dad to say something to make him cry. So they're really trying to manipulate this phone call. But I didn't realize so I watched it back was he had auditioned at every single city. And then so this was. Oh, I remember that guy. Yeah. I remember. And so that this guy. was him. This was the last show. This was the last audition show. And so he finally got on. And I didn't realize it was oh. like a thing. It was like a thing that they just kind of because he kind of worked with the show. It didn't just show up at every. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I was watching them going, they, they're trying to get him to cry you know, they want his dad to say something or something to make him cry and so it was just so great i think jim norton got on and then he made it and then i think he eventually had to drop out for something else if i remember correctly if my memory serves who, who would spend like eighty thousand dollars going city to city to try to get on the show that keeps telling you no i think <laughs> you know? i think he worked for last comic standing and so he was just part I of the crew. Yeah. yeah so that was that's that was my thing but i remember um my friend jay chris he was filling out this form to be on the show i mean they were this these forms that you have to fill out to be on tv it was like, who is your roommate from, you know, college, yeah. like every year and all their information. I'm like, you know, because God forbid is like, oh, this guy, Jeff Dewaskin just appeared. His roommate killed 50 people. Seven, you know, and he hasn't yeah. seen in 10 years, yeah. but we don't need the press. We don't need the press. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, I know. yeah, it was crazy. So the thing I remember about, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong about this. I remember you've got a very great style of delivery it's what makes it's part of like your charm and why you're so funny right i mean thanks delivery. man thank you didn't was it roseanne or somebody they told you to 
talk faster or change your rhythm and it, because yeah because yeah. i remember like watching it and i remember like other people talking about it too or whatever in some groups or whatever and i was like it's like what are they doing telling rocky to change his delivery this is rocky the port do you not understand they just they somebody wasn't getting you it was just like yeah i think they hired her to be like the who's that guy on uh he's kind of a mean guy on uh, oh an american idol yeah, yeah. And I'm blanking on his name. Simon. She hired Simon. her to be him. Simon. One of the episodes. Here's the thing. This is the only thing that bothered me, and I'm not one of those guys that like toot my horn and say, "Oh, you know," but I, I'm not even exaggerating. After every set I had, I got a standing ovation. Like people, the crowd stood up and applauded, but they didn't let the audience vote that year they let the judges vote so they're going to have in who they wanted in you know so one show roseanne told me she says you're funny but your pace is too slow and i remember bill burr and he didn't have to do this i'll always be indebted to him she put it on twitter bill burr goes hey roseanne he goes that that's like telling Stephen wright to slow it down like like that's his pace like Rocky killed in clubs for years at that pace, you know? That made me feel good, at least, that some of my peers knew that she was kind of off base. I didn't like that because I thought it was going to be a, a level playing field, but it wasn't. They they put in who they wanted. Then at the end, we had this big rap party, and she's dancing with me and drinking, and she's going, you're a wonderful comic. And I'm like, why didn't you say that on television, you know? It's what it is, you know? what it is it's our business i guess karma happens to all the good people right <laughs> you yeah you know dom Irera, right yeah, yeah yeah he's funny dude i remember one time he auditioned for a show they wanted to do a show around him but they didn't like him so then they started casting for a dom Irera type <laughs> it's like god dom Irera, like what what the hell you know it's like jeez just like it's insane the what these casting people do when it's about comedy, it's like, and it's not, and it's not about who's the funniest. It's why right. do it? Why bother doing it? Just, just do something else. You can do a comedy showcase. You don't have to uh, bring back. Uh, what's the one where they sat in the chair and you tried to make them laugh. Uh, <laughs> oh, I did that too. Yeah. Make me laugh. Yeah, make me laugh. <laughs> I did a, the new make me laugh. That was, that was, a, that was a lot of fun. You know, they just Hollywood, most of the people out there, it seems like it just runs out of fear. Like everyone's in fear of losing their job. So everybody over corrects everything and everything's under a microscope. And it's just like, you know, comics that have been making people laugh for 30 years. That's what they do. Let them, let them do that. You know, like they let Roseanne be who she was and Seinfeld, like they let them be themselves on those show and Ray Romano that's why all those shows work. But then they get you in there and they go, hey, we want you to, you know, you're going to work in a zoo with tigers. And I'm like, wait, wait, what? You know? So what advice would you give to somebody who wants to, to be a comedian? Hey, Rocky, give me some advice. What would, it, what would it be? Apply to drive at Amazon. It's a real big thing now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Comedy's hard. It's not easy at all. And it's a tough life. Like you, 
you go city to city, you sleep in dumps, you know, especially in the beginning, you, I've missed out on a lot of things with my family, you know, because of it. It's a lot of sacrifices. The things that I think changed today, some of these kids, they have a funny 15 minute video that goes viral and then a club will headline them for 45 and they don't have 45. They just got that 15 minute thing. And I think the only way you get your education and learn how to be a good, well-rounded comic is you got to go on the road. You got to play the South and the East and uh, the Northwest. And that's how you learn to play the country because they're different audiences, you know? Great advice from the man who's been everywhere and one of the funniest people around. I can't thank you enough for hanging with me, Rocky. You're welcome, brother. It was a lot of fun, man. How can people keep up with you on the socials? I'm at Rocky Laporte with an E on everything, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Now I'll I'll put all the links to all that stuff in the show notes so people can find you real easy. Thank you. Well, thank you, Rocky. It was amazing hanging with you. You're welcome, brother. It was good to see you. All right. How fun was Rocky Laporte? So many great stories. Such a hilarious comedian. If he comes to your town, definitely get some tickets and go see Rocky Laporte live in concert at your local comedy club. With the interview over, it can only mean one thing. That's right. It's time for another trending hashtag from the family of hashtags at Hashtag Roundup. Download the free Hashtag Roundup app at the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. It's free, always free. Download, play, receive notifications right to your phone every time a hashtag game starts. Play along with us and one day one of your tweets may show up on a future episode of Live from Detroit. The Jeff Duoskin Show. Fame and fortune await you. This week's hashtag is hashtag Broadway for Dogs. Brought to us by Sneaky Tags, a weekly game on hashtag Roundup. Thought we'd pull the theme from the episode where we talked about Rocky working with Tim Allen on the Shaggy Dog movies. Hashtag Broadway for Dogs, the ultimate dog Broadway mashup tag. Take something Broadway, take something dog related, mash them together, and you get hashtag Broadway for Dogs. Here are some fun examples. Obedience School of Rock. The Music Man's Best Friend. The best little doghouse in Texas. Rock of Snossages. The collar purple. The sound of howling. The hills are alive. West East Side Story. The Lion King Cavalier. Book of Maltese's. The Panting of the Opera. And our final hashtag Broadway for Dogs tweet. Annie, get your frisbee. Oh, all right. Those were some awesome hashtag Broadway for Dogs tweets. As always, I'll be retweeted at Jeff Dewaskin Show on Twitter. Show them some love, retweet them, like them, let them know you heard about them on the Jeff Dewaskin Show. Don't forget to visit us at jeffisfunny.com. Buy me a coffee. No better way to celebrate the upcoming 100th anniversary than buying me a coffee. Sign up for my mailing list. Tell all your friends. Subscribe to the podcast. So much you can do. So much fun to be had at jeffisfunny.com. Well, we're at the end of the episode. Can you believe it? Episode 94 is come and gone. I want to thank my special guest, Rocky Laporte, for joining me. And of course, I want to thank all of you for coming back week after week. It means the world to me. And I'll see you next time. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Jeff Dwoskin Show with your host, Jeff Dwoskin. Now go repeat everything you heard and sound like a genius. Catch us online at thejeffdwoskinshow.com or follow us on Twitter at Jeff Dwoskin Show. And we'll see you next time.